Hello, this is Andy of King Diamond, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is David Ellison from Megadeth, and you are here with Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Jeff Tate, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 283 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This episode, we talked to former Queensryche vocalist Jeff Tate. Jeff has a new project called Operation Mindcrime, and they just released their first album called The Key. The Key is a concept album, and it's actually the first in a trilogy of albums. Jeff talks to us all about this exciting new project, but before we get to that, though, here's a track from that album. This is called Reinventing the Future. Query number two. Should the code be given to the world or sold for profit? Ladies and gentlemen, with me on the phone, I've got the metal vocalist extraordinaire, Jeff Tate. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing good, Sean. Okay, well, uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Um, got a new uh, album coming out. I wanted to touch base and talk about that. Um, before we get into that, though, um, you know, all the legal stuff is now in the past, and you guys, you know, you start a new chapter. Um, you chose to name your new project uh, Operation Mind Crime. Can you talk a little bit about uh, why you chose to use that name? Uh, yeah, a couple of reasons, really. Um, you know, I, I, I had uh, worked for 30-plus years 
uh, writing and recording and doing interviews, videos, uh, everything I I did, I did um, signing my name as Queensryche. Right. So uh, it was a Queensryche is a very uh, well known name because of that, and uh, so I find myself in the situation of needing a name that's identifiable to fans of what I do so uh, they can find me, <laughs> right. which, is a, which is kind of a challenge in the 21st century because uh, we, we don't go to, all go to the same place to get our information anymore like we used mm-hmm. to. It's all over the place, and we customize our news, and you know we, we kind of read what we are interested in or what we want to. And um, so the, the word or the phrase Operation Mindcrime is, is really well known as well, and so right. um, I chose that. Uh, for the the name recognition, really. And the second reason is because Operation Mindcrime is a story. It's a a story I wrote that's very well known, and it's a a conceptual record, or two records. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think um, the name also uh, helps describe to people and kind of set the tone for what it is I'm doing now, which is really concentrating on conceptual work. The albums that I'm releasing now are... Uh, the trilogy, for example, the first album comes out uh, on September 18th, and that that's the first installment of the trilogy. So um, it's uh, it's all conceptual work for me. You know, that's really what I am really enjoying, and um, uh, so I want people to uh, be, be able to uh, understand what it is that, that I am doing. Right, and Operation Mindcrime too. I think has been regarded as one of the best concept albums, you know, best metal concept albums out there. And like you said, I think that name recognition uh, definitely definitely helped with that. Now, you mentioned the new album that it's a it's a trilogy, and the first part of the trilogy is called The Key, and like you said, it's called coming out September 18th. When you're working on a concept album. Um, how is that different than an album that, say, for instance, isn't a concept album? Do you start with like the story overall and then try and break it down into songs, or how how does that process work for you? That's exactly it. You, I start with a story, and then uh, outline the story into like scenes, you know, like you mm-hmm. look for a film or uh, chapters in a book, and then you start composing music for that particular scene you know, what's happening within the story. And you try to, uh, you know, uh, compose music that has the feel of of what's going on in the storyline. It tries to capture the emotion that's happening within the storyline. It's, uh, it's challenging to do because you have to uh, be able to uh, grasp, you know, uh, what the emotion is in the particular uh, part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah understand what it is and then you have to find uh melodies and chord progressions that uh establish that feeling you know uh typically you know with with most uh, music of the metal genre it's uh it's kind of one dimensional in the sense that it's uh it's all very aggressive all the time you know right, there's right. no there's hardly any let up to it and doing something like this there's a lot more variety in the emotion that you're trying to express. Does that make right. sense? Oh, definitely, definitely. There's, um, you know, ups and downs, you know, there's the climax and, you know, so things will get more intense in certain parts to correspond with the action. Is that right? 
Exactly. Now, like when you're writing like the characters and story, do you do you focus a lot on backstory too? Like if you had like you know, for instance, we go back to Operation Mindcrime and you know, I look at the character of Mickey, would you go and write a backstory for him leading up to the events of Mindcrime? So you kind of had that when you were writing the story. I typically do. Yeah, I have a a uh, I have it broken down into you know the the chapters of what in this case each song that that's going to be about. And then what the what the character is like, you know, what their where they came from, what their you know interests are, you know, what they're going through at at, at a particular point in the story as well. And that kind of helps you. It kind of helps you as a writer to uh, look at it from their point of view, you know. Right, right. Um, it's always then you it's always always challenging to do to look at the world through somebody else's eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, now you mentioned this was a trilogy. Did you um, record all the albums at the same time, or is it you know you just focus on the first one first and then work on the other albums later? Um, actually, all at the same time. I've got, okay. uh, got got them all. Well, the second the, the second album is at mix stage now. We're mixing okay. it, and the third album is written, uh, but we're just finishing up the writing on the third album and we've recorded a lot of it already but there's places that were uh, unfinished right now but that's right, the right. if all goes to plan all three of them will be you know finished uh, by uh, October end of October is the plan okay cool um, now you you assembled uh, you know some great musicians for this project and you've mentioned it mentioned too that um you know, looking at this as a band, but it's like a collaborative project with various musicians. Um, and on this, you've got, you know, Kelly Gray and John Moyer, Simon Wright, Brian Titchy, Mandy Gain. Um, I think uh, Dave Ellison also uh, contributed some to this. Can you talk a little bit about working with all these musicians and how they all contribute to the overall vision? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love collaborating on, on projects with people. Um mm -hmm. And and perhaps it's because I spent so many years in a band, you know, uh, that I'm so uh, not wanting to be in a band anymore. Right. I like I like it to be open, you know, so people can come in and out and 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 do something with me, and then split off and go do something else they're interested, in and then maybe come back and, and that kind of thing, you know. I like to work right. with a lot of different people. So um, the musicians that have contributed to this, uh, you know, some of have uh, written with me on it others of them mm -hmm. others of them have just performed um but it's been a wonderful project that uh, that really begins with me telling them what the story is and explaining okay. it to them and then and then uh having them focus on uh particular points of the story and you know what's going on you know how to approach the drum uh parts you know, in one song as opposed to another one, you know, that kind of thing. And then and then also picking players who really excel at certain types of playing, you know, certain certain things they do that, that they're that they do really well. You know. Right. Like like if if there's a, a song that really is dependent upon the, the rhythmic groove of the thing of, of of what's going on, then, you know, Simon is a guy I typically look forward to uh, having him lay down drum tracks for this particular track because he has just got this phenomenal uh, groove that he can do 
he doesn't even think about it. He just naturally does it, you know. It's a thing he has. It's just very special. You know, you think about that with drummers, for example. You know, not all of them concentrate on that. or they, or mm-hmm. Some of them don't have a feel for keeping things in a consistent rhythm, you know. They kind of right. go up and down in tempo and depending on what kind of fill they're doing, you know. But Simon is just he's so darn rock solid, you know, with what he does. And Brian is more adventurous and, and uh, you know, he he's not uh, he, he doesn't think twice about going right. someplace different, you know. So he's very adventurous. So if I'm unsure about what something is is should sound like, you know, I'll, I'll have Brian do it because he's gonna he's gonna throw something at me that really makes me think. You know, I go, oh, wow, that's really bizarre. You know, I like it. Yeah, sure. let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, that's, like, that's, like, a, that, that's an example, you know. Um, yeah. Kelly, Kelly is a uh, Mr. Time Clock. You know, he just makes sure everything is just tight, tight, tight in the rhythm section. And right. as a, a, co- a co-producer, he's, he's got a big vision of what, you know, the sound palette for the, the song should be and, and, uh, you know, how to, how to get that, you know, he's very good cool. at that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And like you said, leaving it open for collaboration, you've got so much more room to bring other people's talents and visions and stuff. And yeah. so it sounds like you can do, you know, the sky's the boundary with what you've what you got going on right now. Yeah. Um, I, I like to, I like to have that kind of unlimited um, right. pool of ideas and things to choose from, you know, and you never know, like, if you're out, you know, on tour, you know, you like uh, the story about you and Dave Ellison on the plane talking about reinventing the future and got him involved with that. Yeah, that um, was a nice surprise. <laughs> I'd never met him before, you know, which is odd all these years right. of touring. And we've never been in the same place at the same time, you know, but uh, we ended up uh, having a lot in common and, and having some really wonderful conversations because uh, both of us were unable to sleep on the plane, so we just stayed awake the whole time talking. You know? Right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, talk a little bit about reinventing the future. That's the the first single when you got a video out for that. Um, when you're working on a video for stuff like this, do you try and incorporate the story elements in, into the? How do you um, work with the director on? and bringing the the music to something that you can actually see. Yeah, that's always a bit tricky, you know. Uh, yeah. And you have, you have to find the right people to do that with and, and people mm-hmm. that can, um, you know, take your your initial idea and then expand on it, you know. And um, I, I worked on uh, two videos for this project so far, uh, Reinventing the Future, and then we shot another video for the next single, which is going to be uh, Burn, which is, uh, I think, the second track on the album. And uh, shot them both with uh, a wonderful director named Jamie Chamberlain, who uh, is based out of Seattle here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he's great. He, he came over for dinner one night, and uh, my wife made a, an amazing meal, which she always does, and... Uh, we drank a couple bottles of wine and talked about the the songs and I played them uh the music uh in the mm-hmm. studio here and and uh we just started brainstorming on what we wanted to do and and uh reinventing is a a, a live style video of us the you know the, the group of people that recorded it um yeah. you know playing 
and burn is a, a conceptual piece, and you'll see that soon. I think that's coming out in a week or two or something like that. Cool. And that's really quite an interesting video. <laughs> right. Um, now, do you want to t touch a little bit about what the story is about, or do you want to kind of leave that for when the album comes out? Well, I can tell you a little bit about it, but because it's okay. a, a story and because it's a, a narrative, it, it has mm -hmm. a, a bit of a mystery to it. Right. And um, if I talk about it too much, it'll kind of be a spoiler, you know, for, for right, people right. To, to, to find certain things out on their own, which is kind of fun, you know, figuring, oh, yeah. figuring out an album or what's going on with it, you know. But um, <clears throat> uh, the key, the first album, introduces uh, four characters, uh, four main characters who uh, are an uh, integral part of the story. Um, are you a are you a parent? Do you have children? Yeah, two boys. Two boys. Well, you know, as a parent, you know, we we start very early programming our children about right. what's real, the, their reality, and that's typically based upon our own perception of reality, such as okay, well, this is a car, you know, this is um, a dog, this is a cat, this is a tree, a chair. And we start defining their reality very, very early on. And it, it, it's a process that just doesn't stop, you know. It, it, all through their childhood, you know, we're, we're teaching them things, you know. Mm -hmm. So these four, four characters, they develop a technology that changes the way people interface with reality. It challenges okay. everything that we, our belief system, it kind of breaks down the doors of perception in a sense and allows us to see a different reality. And okay. in doing so, it opens up people's minds to all kinds of new possibilities. Uh, where once there were limits, now that it's limitless. And so because of this, a conflict arises between the four. What do we do with it? What do we do with this technology? Do we, do we sell it? Do we market it and become billionaires because this is, this is going to be worth a fortune? Or is the technology so valuable and so important, should it be shared with the world because it's going to change everything? And so right. this conflict arises. And the first album um, shows us the characters and the conflict that arises, that uh, develops as the, as the story progresses. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's, uh, it's it actually sounds very interesting. I can't wait to see this story flesh out and whatnot. One thing I wanted to ask you too was, you know, back when you were doing mind crime, you know, MTV was huge and you had all those videos. Um, and nowadays things are a little bit different with like the internet and you can do probably, I think maybe a lot more now than you could then. Um, is there plans to flesh out like more like videos and and maybe even you know have you ever thought about doing like translating from this like into like short films and stuff too? Yeah, yeah, we have some plans for that. <clears throat> There's a all that will be coming out as we uh, you know progress with the release right. of the the first record and of course the second and third. But yeah, it is uh, it's a different world these days. Uh, you know, visually. The things you can do now um, mm -hmm. you couldn't do before without you know spending millions of dollars you know right and now you now you can do things really uh, uh, uh in 
a much more affordable fashion, you know. Right. And yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun work. I I've done a few a few videos myself, um, mm-hmm. hands on hands on stuff that I've shot and edited myself, and I thoroughly enjoy it. It's very challenging yeah. to, to do that kind of thing. Well, um, want to thank you for taking the time. Is there any tour plans uh, after the album's release? Yeah. Yeah, we uh we're putting together tour dates now that begin in Europe um in okay. November. And um if all goes to plan we we plan on beginning in the States uh somewhere around the end of January. Okay. Cool. We'll definitely uh look forward to hoping to you come and see us in the Pittsburgh area. Oh yeah. Gotta hit Pittsburgh. <laughs> cool, Jeff. I wanna thank you for taking time to talk to us. Uh the album comes out September eighteenth, it's called The Key. Can't wait to uh hear a lot more of it and see you know the story. Great. Well thank you for the interview, Sean. I appreciate it, man. All right, thank you. That's a track called Hearing Voices off of The Key, which is Operation Mind Crime's newest album. I'd like to thank Jeff Tate for taking the time to talk to us. Hopefully we'll see him and the rest of Operation Mind Crime out on the road early next year. That about wraps up this episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on all the social media sites, facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks, and instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Until next time, thanks for listening. 